The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery free in terms of apply, see mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to the Red Side of the Trent. This is the playoff final edition. I'm your host, Adam Wicklow, and alongside with me from the Terriers talk is Ben Dixon. How are you, Ben? I'm good, thank you very much. Yourself? Yeah, very, very good. Obviously, the second time you guys are going to Wembley, the first time ever Forest are actually going to the new Wembley, which is marvellous for both of our sides. Um, I just want to get, before we get into our game, obviously, I want to talk about Huddersfield and your your journey, obviously, to get into the playoff final. Um, obviously, there's a lot of Forest fans who probably have not watched you a lot this season other than the three games we've actually played with one another. Um, yeah. So, at the start of the season, you brought in uh, 14 players, whether they're loans or frees. Uh, what was your expectations for the season uh, going, going into it? Because I think a lot of people had you predicted quite low down am I right in saying that yeah I think I think a lot of people had us lower end of the table if not um relegation um and I think that's something that from the I think a lot of people just wanted improvement upon last season uh, I think we finished 18th off the top of my head um so the, the the immediate goal was was to improve on last season and we had the likes of um Keo, we had Richard Stearman who were all uh, like in defense and we had um Uman Yas and Sonogo leading the line at times. And it's it's players like that that you wouldn't expect to see in the championship in the last season. Had we not had the start we had, I think if we had to have had them all season, I don't think we would have even been in the league this season. I think that's potentially a bit of an out there shout, but those players weren't players that you really want to be keeping you in the championship. And although they did a, a shift for six months, there were players that I think everyone looked at and thought, this window, we need to get it right. And it was arguably the biggest window in the club's recent history since coming back down to the championship and I think I think we hit the nail on the head uh, we were linked with Tom Lees very early on I think we were linked with him in January uh, before the summer as well um, and as a, as a first signing that was quite a worrying one given the fact that we were going for a more experienced defender again rather than somebody young and promising um, and then out of nowhere Levi Colwell came along and everybody just kind of got very excited from that point onwards and it looked as though our business was going to be very focused on building a team of players that were going to fight for each other and didn't have that potential, uh, weren't of the kind of older side of the age spectrum. And it looked very much as though we were going to build a team and then there was going to be some experience filtered in that. So the advice of Tom Lee's coming in was a massive thing. And we looked a lot at the, the free market, which I think helps a lot um, with the COVID struggles and everything like that. I think we were one of the clubs that were quite fine with that, but looking at free agents, I think there wasn't really much expectation on those players to hit the ground running. You look at Lee Nichols, for example, back up at MK Dons and now um, 
12, 12 months earlier later, he's one of, if not the best best goalkeepers in the championship. So it's, there was little to no expectation this season, apart from to improve on the last one. I find it quite uh, funny because obviously you guys were looking to improve. We was looking to slightly improve and for obviously having Chris Hewton at the helm, who's had multiple promotions and playoff campaigns with, with various clubs. We kind of thought, I kind of thought, oh, well, we would stead and obviously seven games in and we're bottom of the championship with a point. We, we get rid of him. And the first game we play is, is, uh, is Huddersfield Town, uh, who were, I think we're, I think you were in the in the playoff positions at the point. I, know I think we were just early. about there, yeah. And we, and we, we, <laughs> I was not expecting to go away to, to Huddersfield and beat you 2-0 and then go on the run that we've gone on since under Steve Cooper. So I think expectations versus reality for both of our sides, I think we've we've really exceeded in that in that sense. Obviously, I feel like Huddersfield have been so consistent this season. I kind of feel like, though you might not play the most attractive football to some people, you're there on merit because you've been consistent for the whole season. I don't think you've dropped out of the playoff very rarely. Am I, am I right in saying that? I, th- I think we've I think we've been out of there once or twice, but I think we've mainly been in that playoff run. And it's it's like like I said at the start. If you'd have if you'd have said to me um, this time last year and said, "Look, you're going to be in the playoffs next season. You're going to finish third, and you're going to be in a in a final at Wembley," I'd I'd have bit I'd have bit your hand off for that. And there's been so many good moments this season that going on to next season and the season after, regardless of what happens on the 29th, I think everybody can look at this season and go, look, we've had an absolutely brilliant season here. And not just the fact that we're there has changed that, but the fact that there are so many things about the club that feel like Huddersfield Town again. And I think in the past two years that got lost. And I know a lot of people on Twitter may have felt the same way as in the fact that they'd lost the club and that support for the club had been lost because you're paying 10 quid a week to watch a live stream. It's not the same. Whereas this season, fans have returned um, more so to when we when we started doing well. But they're noticing, and I think everyone's noticed, that the club feels more like Huddersfield Town again rather than Huddersfield Town that are in the Championship and are doing all right. It's Huddersfield Town that are in the Championship doing very well, but that's not the impact. It's the Huddersfield Town that are fighting for one another that have that, we're not the biggest team in the world. We've not got the biggest fan base. We've not got the biggest budget, but we're still going to fight amongst those teams that might have a bigger budget, bigger fan base, whatever. And I think that's why this season has been so successful. I think I can draw on a lot of comparisons in what you just said there. And I think a lot of Forest fans will, will definitely relate to it, that we've both kind of got our clubs back in a, in a, in a, in a some sort of respect. I know Forest have got we're a bit of a bigger fan base than, than your lot. I don't think you'll mind me saying that, but no. it's been a very stagnant kind of couple of years. We've had a few managers that have played a lot of negative football. Then Steve Cooper comes in and we start playing swashbuckling kind of football where we take it to teams and play on the counter-attack or we play possession-based or whatever. And we've got some exciting young players and I think he's kind of got the best out of this squad that that we've got and and, and we, we like to, we're, we're fighting for each other uh, atmosphere is, is buzzing obviously like I mean Tuesday night was ridiculous I and mean, we could talk about our we'll talk about our playoff games in a, in, a, in, in due course but I uh, just want to get on to like your style of football because like, like I said not many Forest fans would have watched uh, Huddersfield play all season the, the only thing we can go off are the games that we played each other in but could you give like a brief overview of what your style of football is like? How because it it must be quite consistent. Carlos Corbran's been there for a few years, hasn't he? Yeah, uh, I mean when when uh, the Cowleys got sacked, I think there was quite a lot of controversy because um, they they seemed to do an all right job with the squad that 
that they had that they had. They didn't have a transfer window to build their own kind of squad. So everyone was quite shocked when they got sacked. However, uh, the chairman at the time, Phil Hodgkinson, said that they didn't that they weren't going to move the club forward how he wanted it. So he wanted to bring attractive football uh, to the John Smiths. And I think there's been there's been times last season, especially where Carlos hasn't particularly brought exciting football to the club. Uh, and I don't I don't think anybody can disagree with that. I think those games last season and potentially even this season where fans can go look. We've had a game there where we've not exactly played the best football and the most attractive style. And I think that is something that um, some fans don't align with the exciting football. However, what we do is we just we're so good with the ball when we have it, and the transitions that we that we use when uh, when under Carlos uh, have been exceptional. And we look very much like a team that will play out from the back and can can play out from the back more consistently than we have in past seasons. And that's something that's brilliant. Um, Pressing-wise, we're, we're quite aggressive in the press, but equally, we can sit back and soak up, soak up pressure. I mean, uh, there was a clip on Monday night of O'Brien just out of the tunnel uh, saying something along the lines of, we're like a sponge, we'll soak it all up and then hit you on the counter or something like that. And that's what's the, what a lot of fan base have potentially said about us, that we, we don't attack that much and we just sit back and then we get a lucky break or whatever. But when you you've got we've got some of, we've got the most set piece goals I think in the championship and I, I might be wrong on that but I think we're up there at least and we do have a very different style of football than what we did under Cowley but it's so much more impressive to watch because the players the quality of the players might not be the start the standard that the that the Cowleys had but we're getting results and I think that is the most important thing we don't we look like a side that will fight for everything and that is something that we want to see as a fan base yeah I think if if I was a someone that was seeing you for the first time ever, I think the drawing comparisons to Forest, I'd say you're a bit like a Sabri Lamushi side where we kind of we're, we're a bit better on the counter attacks since we massively bottled it the, the other season. Whereas Huddersfield have really sustained your consistency. I do feel like you score you score way more goals than we used to under Sabri, even though we had Lewis Gabriel who got twenty that season. So. It's fair play to you, but yeah, I have got something about your set pieces. You've got you've scored thirty two percent goals, your goals from them. So it's obviously something we've got to look out for. Uh, Silver Thomas, who's come from Boreham Wood, out of out of absolutely nowhere, what a pickup he's been. Um, tell tell me about him because he, he's he's amongst one of your key players. I've got I've got a fair few here down here, but you've got to talk about Silver Thomas because he was a match winner the other night. In, I know Rhodes scored it, but the, the ball made it really. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's perfect time to speak about him. He's just been given a new contract till twenty twenty six, I believe, today, and I think we might have an option in there as well. I think I've seen on Twitter. I, I haven't read the the full piece uh, that the club put out yet, but I, I believe that we've got an option till twenty twenty seven as well. But he's he's someone that if you like, we we spoke about him last year on the podcast, and we said that we don't know how he was getting into the squad. And over the summer, he's looked like a completely different player. And I can remember. Watching him against Derby, he was playing uh, left wing back because Toffolo was injured or he was, he was out for some reason. And I can just remember thinking that's a completely different player to last season. And since then, he's only got better and better. He's a player that as a set, you don't want him to have a set piece because he will challenge you with it, whether that's a corner or an indirect free kick, a direct free kick. He's, he's one of them players that he knows where he's come from and his roots are very, very deeply intertwined with, with non league football. And, he, and he's proud of them roots. Yeah, and, he, and he's someone that knows that he is and, and he's not got to take that for granted. And he's every single... I think there's been games this season where you can look at him and go, right, he's he's looked a bit out of his depth there or he's not been as good. However, when he's literally been in... not He's been in the Championship now for a year and a little bit. You're looking at a player that is, is, is still going to improve game on game. Um, 
he's just he, he's very dangerous and he's very direct in his play as well. And I think that's something that uh, has, has caused a lot of damage for teams this year. Um, not a lot of teams know what he can do. And he's so good defensively as well that that, um, that it means that if if he do, if we do get caught on the counter and he loses the ball, he will win it back or he'll at least give it a go to win it back, which is why he's been such a key player for us this season. Who, who would you say your your unsing hero is for the season? Because I've got down here key players of like I mean Lee Nichols won goalkeeper of the year. Oh, well, he was in yeah. team of the year anyway. Uh, Toffolo at left back has been has been instrumental. I know he's been on a bit of a goal scoring spree for you guys recently. Lewis O'Brien, yeah. who I think is a cracking player. I thought he was your best player in in the game. I uh, saw so when you beat us. Um, obviously, Sober Thomas we spoke about. Jordan Rhodes has scored two hundred goals in the championship. I think it is or whatever it is. He's been around for donkeys. Uh, and Danny yeah. Ward's obviously been your top scorer this season. So who, who would you say? Oh, I've left out Levi Colwell because you've already spoke about him, but. Um, who, who, would you, who else would you say is, has been gone under the radar? I'm having a look at our, our squad list now, and I think I, I think you can put a case forward for every play. I mean, I, I'm looking at John Russell, and he's someone that's been in the in the first team since February March. Uh, hit the ground run. I think he played in the FA Cup game against Barnsley, and then from there he's just he's been promoted to the first team in March. From there he's he's not looked back since. But I think I think someone that uh, a lot of people don't see as a key player for us is Tom Lees. Um, and I spoke about him about he, he was one of the first players we were linked with and that was quite a worrying thing as a, we're getting Tom Lee as a starter potentially is he going to be as good as we need and he's been he's been absolutely exceptional he's been he's been one of the best players of the season I think he got, I think he was their third favourite in the in the fan votes um, for player of the season and it's not shocking at all because he's he's at the heart of the defence every game he's, he's a player that he understands what it means to play for the club and for somebody that's only been there for a year you wouldn't expect that, but he's someone that will wear his heart on his sleeve. He's someone that will will play ninety minutes with uh, after having a bandaged head for thirty minutes. He's someone that will put in a tackle. He's someone that will put his body on the line for the club, and that is all you can ask for in a defender. He's got a few goals here and there as well. I believe he scored in the FA Cup against yourselves as well uh, in that fifth round tie. Correct me if yeah. I'm wrong there, but um, he, he's someone that massively goes under the radar. I mean, he's he's a player that I'm glad we brought in because he has been. I, I don't know if instrumental is the right word, but he's been very, very pivotal to our season. Well, um, in the regular season, obviously, um, we beat you at uh, John Smith Stadium 2-0, first game without yeah. Chris Hewton when the shackles had come off. And and then you guys, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd like to say you rode a storm at the city ground, and but come away with a, with a solid like kind of defensive performance and a 1-0 win with with our unfortunately ex ex derby man Dwayne Ames scoring in that game. What what did you make? And then obviously oh then I forgot about the FA Cup game which was a bit of a a mental one because I think you guys have a bit of a rotated side. But what, what did you make of the three fixtures we played one another in? I didn't I didn't see the full the game at, at your place because it was away from home. I didn't travel to it unfortunately. I, I wasn't there for that game as well, so I can't give the best of impressions. But I think I think a lot of people coming away from that said that Forest were a side that, like you said, looked unshackled. And I think at that point it was pretty not confirmed, but it was it was quite strongly um, as if uh, Steve Cooper was going to come into so the football looked quite similar as if that was the mould that they were going to play. And you came to our ground. And I don't think we were expecting you to play how you did. Uh, and I I think that's something that Carlos has since improved on. I think that. Uh, over the course of the season, there's been a lot more kind of tactical awareness as to other teams as well, and I think we've we've looked to hold out teams a lot more. And I, I mean, the only other 
occasion that I can think of that happening is the 2 0 loss, 2 1 loss against Middlesbrough uh, in November. And then that since then, we we went on an 18 game unbeaten streak. So it, it shows that since then, he has, he has learned from his mistakes. And I think that is something that he hasn't got enough credit for this season. He's somebody that has looked at games and if he has been a bit tactically naive at, at times and not been aware of uh, formation systems that people may come to the John Smiths with, um, he's changed it up. But I think I think that game in particular was, was one where people were like, hang on a minute, are we going to be where we are at the moment this season? Uh, and I think that caused a bit of worry for everyone. Um, I think the away fixture, like you said, was just... It's a good defensive performance, and I think that's something that we we, we needed to improve on this season. Um, I'm not sure how many wins we we got away from home last season. I, I don't think it was any more than it was definitely less than ten. I'll put it that way. Uh, and I, I can remember speaking every single uh, after every single away game on the podcast last season, going, "It's an away game. We'll just leave it at that. Really, it's it's an away game. It's a loss." And that was that was something that got really, really demoralising. Um, and I, I think it, it got to the point where people were just we, we were tired of paying the ten pound fee for an away fixture uh, on iFollow because it was like, well, we know what's going to happen here. It's not exactly going to be a positive result. And then this season, we look away from home. We look like a team that will go to a place. We will fight for a win. And whether that's the case of we have to sit back and hit you on the counter, or we'll come and we'll come and attack you at your place. And that that's what we've done. And then obviously the FA Cup. Um, it was a very rotated squad and we still managed to show a bit of a fight up against a quite strong Forest side. I think it was pretty much a first 11 for you, if not uh, one or two players in or out. So it's, it, I think our three games this season have been they've been quite even and it, it makes me even more kind of nervous for, for the final because it's a case of who's going to have that game because we, but we both won a game. You look better in the first, I'd say arguably we look better in the second defensively. We kind of like you said, we, we, we held out the storm. So it's, it is all the case of how both of us set up for it because if we go to fight you, who knows what will happen because you're very good on the counter. Whereas if we look to sit back, how much are we going to be withheld the storm that at the end of the day is holding you back from a, a return to the Premier League after 20 plus years? Yeah. Just before we get into more of our game, uh, I just wanted to ask you about the games v v Luton. I only caught the last maybe twenty minutes of of the home tie you had against them, but were they was it a tougher fixture than than Huddersfield fans expected? Do you think? I think I think I mean going back to the last storm game of the season, I can't remember it, but what it was off the top of my head, uh, Bristol City, uh, and I can remember towards the end of that game when you scored, I think. Everyone thought Sheffield United was a tougher game, and I think everybody in that ground wanted Luton. And then when the news came through that Hull had scored a last-minute equaliser against you, the, the the place erupted, and it was like it was like Huddersfield had scored. Um, and every everyone wanted Luton, and I don't think it's it's unfair to say that because out of the four teams, it is very arguable that Luton are the the weaker of the four. But by no means am I saying that in a disrespectful way. They are a a brilliant football inside, and that again that they're, they're in the playoffs on merit. Uh, they're not in the playoffs on merit even um, they're, they're there because they've fought for it and they've worked for it and they've, they've earned it this season and they look like a very strong side that next season will do quite well in the league um, the, the first leg was I think it was really a, I, I'd argue that it was probably our most important game and was potentially bigger than Wembley because if we get if we go into that game and we just said look it's if we'd have lost 2-0 there Luton would have come to our place and would have just held out for 90 minutes because they're, they're an Ethan Jones side and they can and they will do that uh, they're a very difficult side to play and break down, as you, as you saw on Monday. 
Um, so I think that game was arguably bigger, if not the same importance to Wembley because Kenilworth Road's an absolutely horrible place to go to uh, for a football team. You, you, you look at it and you go, they are going to be resolute and they, they've, got a home, they've got a home crowd there. That, it, the, that ground is the heart of the community. Everybody is going to be there and they are going to make it a hostile place that they can for you to go there. So to get a point there and score first was absolutely massive. The goal that we conceded wasn't brilliant. Um, there was a few penalty shouts in the game as well, um, which you could argue if VAR was involved, would it be different? Would it have been a different scoreline? Would Monday have been different? But then again, you could argue if VAR was there Monday, would we have had a penalty? And there's there's a few more things that you can go. If VAR was in the semi-finals, would they have been different games? But Luton did worry me a few times, and I, I can sit here and say that, and I can be, look, they had a few chances in the first half and the second half where I was like, I'm not liking this. I'm not. I'm not enjoying watching this game because they, they were very dangerous on the attack. Um, but I think in the end we did deserve it over two legs. We 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 did come away with with the win, obviously, um, with the with the set piece, and I think that just shows again that Luton are very good at defending set piece, and you saw that over both ties. Um, and even after we scored, um, they still were defending very resolutely. So it does show that we have a a variation of set piece as well, which I think is something that Forrest do need to be very careful of. Yeah, it was a cracking free kick from Silver Thomas that led to Jordan Rhodes' uh, experienced striker, obviously, at this level, put put that one in. Uh, yeah, yeah Silver Thomas does worry me for set pieces. I mean, um, if you watch us against Sheffield United, Jack Robinson lobbing the ball at, at our goal, basically, was horrible. Uh, you got, like, Norwood, who's obviously a set-piece specialist in this league. Whipping, yeah. whipping crosses in, and it was horrible on on Tuesday. It was it was the Forest way anyway. It was definitely difficult, which is, and it's very unusual because we've been quite good at defending set pieces. And we I think we well we conceded one in the in the first leg to Sheffield United. Then we rode a bit of a storm on Tuesday. Going into the game at Wembley, you obviously went there in 2017 against Reading. Um, I just want to ask a, a a bit of an odd question, but how how many do you think? How many do you expect to go to make the make the journey from from Huddersfield? I mean, I think I think as of yesterday, I mean, tickets sold very well yesterday, um, and I think there's there's very little lower tier tickets available. I know that that if you're looking to buy groups, you you have to go right to the very Evans of Wembley to to get a ticket of two or more, or even three or more. I think it might be. Um, Ticket sales have slowed down today, so I, I don't, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you how they've been today. But I think yesterday we sold um, a fair few. I think we'll have sold over fifteen thousand yesterday. To be honest, uh, there was there was about six, seven thousand in the in the queue on Ticketmaster yesterday as well. So I think we'll have sold a fair bit, and I think there's a chance we'll sell out our allocation. I think it's it's one of them where you can't really guarantee it without obviously having having numbers in front of you. But based off yesterday, and how quick they went yesterday, and how much demand there is over. Facebook, Twitter, etc. Uh, I think there's, there's a decent chance that we'll we'll sell quite highly for it. I mean, we've sold. I think today I seen a thing from Forest saying we've sold over seventeen and a half already, and it was, today yeah. was the first day, so it's gonna it's gonna go mad. Um, I, I think I think there's a small hope that that uh, your allocation doesn't get quite sold out, and they'll give us a bit more because there's so many people scrapping. People who have not people yeah. have been become woodlice and they're coming out of the woodworks to come. They want to go to the game. Um, how do you think the game will will go? What's what's your expectations of it? Like, how, if you're Carlos Corbran, how, how are you? How are you setting your team up? Um. 
it, there's there's so many different debates that you can have about this, and that's that that's the it's a really tricky question to be honest because there's the there's the case of does Pippa come back does Pippa come out of the side for Turton and do we do we potentially play it more defensively? Um, does your centre backs does Sar play over Colwell as he's got that playoff final experience as much as Colwell's very good? Does he come in over over Colwell? Does Sar come over Colwell? Um, Hogg's been playing at the centre of a of a back five, back three as such. So do you do you keep him there? Do you move him back up to midfield, or do you do you replace him altogether and put a Matty Pearson in there potentially, as he's just come back from injury? Strikers, do you, does Ward start even though he came off with an injury uh, on Monday, or or do you give Rhodes the the head start? That Sauber, he was meant to be out for the season. Does he start? It's a very very tough one because it's every every single player. You can have a debate over if they should be in there, apart from four or five potentially. Um, but it it all depends on how, how we're going to set up to play the game. And if I'm honest, I think we'll probably play it a bit more like we did um, at the city ground uh, in the, in the league. Like, and I think we'll potentially look to soak it up a little bit more, play on the counter. Um, but equally, I think that could be what you're expecting of us. Um, and that could then equally give us a, a chance to be like, well, look, we've got a chance, we've got nothing to lose here, why don't we just attack it for for 90 minutes, hopefully, uh, 120 minutes if it comes to that, and just, just shock them potentially. So it, it's, it's a really, really tough one yourself. It's it, I think I think lineup wise, I think we're going to be pretty much unchanged, if I'm honest. Yeah. Uh, Steve Cooper's got a... He's got a knack for kind of keeping it quite consistent. I mean, it will be the back three, uh, wing backs, two two midfielders, at the number ten and two strikers. Um, it's just a debate whether Keenan Davis starts or Surridge because Keenan Davis, when he's played, he's just an absolute machine. Like I've never seen a kind of this whole kind of like target man as you will, but he's just so quick with his feet. He's a nightmare for defenders. I mean, I think. If Tom Lees is going to play, I think he's probably going to be looking at him and go, oh, "I'm going to have to like really nail him first first minute because um, yeah. when when he's come up against defenders who will give him back a bit more, he's he's not like he struggled, but he, he it's a lot di- more difficult for him is is what yeah. I'll say, which is which is obviously I, do, I it's a hard one. I do expect us to have a lot of the ball. I do expect you guys to kind of pick your moments as it will uh i think if you've watched us a lot though um if you can get the press right we, we do tend to struggle but because Wembley's such a big pitch it's kind of a case of if we can lob it kind of into the into the spaces in behind your fullbacks i don't know what they're what they're like for pace at right and left back i don't know how quick toffolo really is i've never seen him like in a foot race as, as, as you will but him against brennan johnson or jed spence is Quite a, an intriguing one, obviously. Left, left wing back, we're not as pacey, but Colback is a keen runner, so that'll yeah. be interesting. I think midfield is a massive one because uh, Lewis O'Brien, Jonathan Og, if he plays centre mid, and and John Russell against Zinchenko, uh, I can't even get my words out. <laughs> Garner and Yates, I think it's about who works harder there, really. I mean, yeah. Russell and Hogg, Hogs and Hogs are very experienced. Russell looks very physical and Lewis O'Brien's just an absolute, he's a Jack Russell, as I'd like to call yeah. him, but a very, very technical uh, player. I mean, it's going to be a very interesting battle and I think whoever wins that midfield battle will probably come out on top, if I'm honest. It's it's going to be a horrible game in a sense, isn't it? Yeah. 
Um, is is Garner all right? Because I saw some things on Twitter. Obviously, it's Twitter, so pinch of salt. But that Garner might potentially be out for the final or something. No, nothing's come out. Did he come out? Nothing's come out. Nothing's come of that. Um, he went off on Tuesday in extra time, and people just believed it was he just looked knackered. Um, this is what I like about about the playoff at the moment now because at the time of recording this we've got like about what is it 11 days till kick off we're on the 9th of May as we record this so it gives both teams almost that chance to get two fully fit squads as you will Um, everyone can recover a bit everyone can have a few beers because of the celebrations obviously from from both teams getting there Um, and then and, and then have a real good week of, of preparation and I think that's like the fairest way to do it really but it's going to be it's going to be a good one um, can I push you for a prediction then uh, see the, the thing is is with, with with the game against Sheffield uh, United going to penalties if it does go that way I'd, I'd I don't want to say I'd be a bit more confident because our penalty record in the playoffs is is a joke as it is anyway, but the fact that we'll have had some playoff data for you on, on penalties this season anyway will help us out, even if it's very slightly as much as Samba is. Um, I, I just I see it being extra time, and I just I see it being a goal either way, and I don't I don't know. I'm I'm hoping it's a goal either way to us, um, but. I can see it going either way, and I see it being one of them games where neutrals go. That was a really good game of football, and it, it I think it will be a very good advertisement for the championship, um, because I, I don't think many people look at the championship and go, "That's a league where people can play good football, good stylistically pleasing football that you can look at and you can go, wow, that was that was a game that you could potentially see in the Premier League and go, that wouldn't look out of place.'" And I think that is what the playoff final will be. I think a lot of people will go, "That that was a really Good game of football to watch the neutral. Um, I'd, I'd, I'm going to say two one Huddersfield, <laughs> but I could see it being. I, I could I could see it going the other way. Yourself? Yeah, it's going to be tight. It's going to be nervy. I do think it's going to be about not only who wants it that little bit more, but maybe comes down to maybe a moment of brilliance or or maybe even a mistake. If I think yeah. if. If we get a real foothold in the game and you kind of let us come on to you almost and obviously don't want to hit us on the counter-attack, then it's a case of can we break you down and can we pick pick a, a pass that will split you open and, and get us in get you get us in behind and kind of a cut back to one of our on on running midfielders or whatever. I don't, I don't know. It's gonna be it's going to be a very, very interesting game. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. I mean, I've been to Wembley a couple of times to watch American football, so it's the first time I'm going to actually watch Forest and actual football game at a football stadium that it's built like what it's built for, obviously. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm in agreement with you. I think it'll be 2-1, potentially either way. Um, I'd love it to be a bit of a ding-dong and be like a 3-2, just for the for the memories, obviously, and the roller coaster yeah. of, of what the championship is. But I think we can both agree that whoever goes up will, will probably de- will, will deserve it but also yeah. we can both still be very proud of our seasons respectively regardless because like you said you were just looking to build we were near the bottom and didn't know, really know what was going on so and they're kind of like the future looks a bit brighter for for whoever even if whether we go up or, or stay down would you agree with that yeah I, th- I think so I think I think one thing that has to be be, be said as well though is is that 
I don't want to say it's all or nothing because I think that's a very, very out out there saying. But I think that if we don't go up, I think we run the risk of our, our squad being picked apart. That there's there's little to no chance that we get Levi if we go up. Um, given the fact that Chelsea are wanting to look at him, Leicester wanted him on loan in January, but we we couldn't get him. In, we, they couldn't get him in January because that we had a clause saying that if he played X Y Z amounts of minutes, that he, he could stay for the full season. Um, O'Brien probably will will already have suitors uh, if if we go up already, let alone uh, if we stay down. Um, as much as Saab has just been offered a new contract. There will be somebody out there that will will be interested in Saber if we don't go up. Toffolo hasn't signed a contract as of yet. I'm hoping that he does in the next few days, weeks. So we we do run the risk of a squad being taken apart. So I think that there has to be that consideration that if we don't win, there is potentially next season going to be a bit not a fire sale, but there's going to be a lot of interest in our squad, and because we don't have the same financial capabilities that Forest do potentially, that we will be a bit more susceptible to going right that transfer has to happen for the sake, the sake of it is a lot of money for us field town whereas if Forrest got a bid for somebody then they might be like you know what we've got the financial means to to keep going as a not keep going as a club but to, to go we can afford to keep him here um, and we don't really need to sell anybody um, but I'd, I'd, like you said it's, this season's been been wonderful for us it's, it, I don't want to say it's been a miracle season but so many people predicted us to go down after last season Um but the, the, the Huddersfield Town now feels like Huddersfield Town again. Don't feel like just another club in the Championship. It feels like we've once again got a club back that, like I said, like I've said X amount of times on this on, on this podcast, it, it's it's got its soul back and it's got that identity back that we've been asking for and, and begging for really for the past twelve twenty four months. Yeah, I, I mean I'm in agreement with you regarding Forest. If we don't go, we 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 lose. Uh, all of our loan signings. I think the only one we'd have a chance of keeping is potentially Keenan Davis because he's not been getting regular football. But Spencer's value's gone like sky high. Jimmy Garner might get looking at Man United. Phil Zinconago is going to come go back to Watford, who are going to be in the same league and probably would like to keep him. Uh, Max Lowe's been injured for a lot, and and I don't know if we'd like to keep him because of his injury record, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting one for both of us. I think there's a lot riding on it because I think even Brennan Johnson's got a year left on his contract. And if we go up, I do expect that little tape along Sky Sports News to say that he signed a new three or four year deal, hopefully. Yeah. Um, same with Joe Worrell as well. So definitely a lot riding on it. Um, I did forget to add, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the atmosphere because of the Twitter beef we had after the FA Cup yeah. game because of a small Greek restaurant in Nottingham letting off fireworks, which, um, I mean, I think that's good because it adds to the, adds to the occasion, doesn't it? Like I, if, if yeah. we didn't hate, if we didn't like have not, not hate each other, if we didn't have that bit of kind of like distaste for one another, yeah, yeah. it, it becomes, it's a bit boring. So I think that's going to be good. It's going to add to the occasion. It's definitely going to yeah. add to like that football banter as, as such, because I don't think there's no like, uh, hatred and that that kind of like yeah. anger towards one another. It's kind of just a bit more like piss taking, isn't it? Really. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. I, I can't wait. So um, you, have you got a ticket yet? Yeah. Yeah. We, we, I got my ticket yesterday. All right. It was in the lovely. queue at, at eleven twenty when when the queue's <laughs> open. So lovely. Well, yeah, I've got my ticket. I hope you have a safe travel down there, Ben. Uh, Thank you very much. I hope it ends in tears for you. Unfortunately, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like to say it, but I'm going to. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for joining us. So 
if you want to uh, follow Ben, it's uh, out. You, you can give me your socials. It's uh, HDFC underscore Ben uh, on Twitter. And, and, then, the, and the podcast uh, is the Terriers Talk, uh, awesome. all in one word. Lovely. Uh, well, might see you at Wembley. Probably won't because <laughs> there are too many people, but, but have a good day, mate. Safe travels there. Much. And uh, good luck. Thank you very much on yourself. Well, yes. not the best of luck, but nice one thank you the talk fan network is proudly teaming up with three for mental health awareness week this year beyond the pitch beyond the results we're here to connect fans getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans we're a team with two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.